Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, bringing you once again another show. Well, it took some time, but I told y'all and I warned y'all we were going to run it, and so we did. I got the hard slingers of yore, Tone Dog, and Samwise to join your trusted, very talented handler, Brian, once again as we bring to you yet another one of our Delta Green scenarios. This time, as you may have already guessed by the title, is Future Perfect Part 1, written by Dennis Detweiler. This time, while preparing to head home from Glenridge, our agents are requisitioned to take a detour to a small town in Death Valley National Park to solve the case of the Hellbend Killer. With similar overtones to the Glenridge chiropractor, our agents are the perfect duo to handle this case. Right? Well, let's find out. As always, be sure to leave us that five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you listen to the show on. Follow our social media footprints, and if you haven't already done so, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20. Be sure to hit that little bell so you never miss when we drop an episode. Not that I would let you. Hell no. I'll have to come over, knock on your door, ask for your phone, pull up the app, and click it for you. Yeah. So... Let's stop the horseplay, get to the gunplay, and let's warm up our dice and top off our glass as Roll the Hard 20 Podcast presents our Delta Green run-through, Future Perfect, Episode 1. Closer to your mic. We killed the, bring, just bring your mic closer now? to you. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, recording right now. We killed the monster. We did all that kind of stuff. I still got a flashlight. I don't have the flash grenade anymore. Yeah. Well, we're going to go over an, uh, an after action report. Too. Okay. Uh, Sammy, pull your headphone cable off the mic stand. There you go. Or just lay it on the table. Whatever. Just way. everything gets picked up through that. Sure. Don't tell me sure. I'm telling you. You got it. <laughs> We're on it. <laughs> Start tapping the shit out of it. I'll tell you. Oh, we were ready. We are ready. All right. Born. Born ready. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, welcoming you to another scenario of our Delta Green run-through where we run future perfect. And with me, the hard slingers of your... Yeah. Tone yep. Dog. Who? Samwise. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> me. I got to tell you, it's always so fun. It's like a different vibe when you're actually sitting around the table and you're not playing via Zoom or something like that. And obviously, a different vibe with you two sitting at the table. Yeah. Oh, Sunday, buddy, Sunday. You too. You had to reach for that one, man That was a reach I reached and I grabbed it by the oranges Not to be confused with E2 (laughs) So before we begin, let's do a little after action report About all the stuff that kind of went down on a a victim of the art Let's go back to my notes We um, (laughs) took a side in a faction between Dr. Thornhill and the rest. We found out that there is a schism within the Delta Green at the FBI, Uh, one faction represented by Dr. Thornhill and then another one represented by um, Hank Tyler, if I'm not mistaken. Hank Tyler was the teenage boy. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm looking at my notes. (laughs) 
the wrong ones. Yeah. Well, uh, but you guys, you guys managed to do quite a bit with uh, in following along with the clues because there was uh, a few people that had uh, written in on the YouTube channel and and through the Facebook page and stuff, and that had been following the show because it was dropping once a week rather than dumping all five episodes at the same time. And some of them were saying, yeah, you know, they, they need to start rolling a little bit better. I'm like, yeah, they'll get fine. They'll be fine, you know. And then as things started to develop, you could see that a lot of people were really enjoying the show. But when you guys made the connection between uh, Dr. Moretti and Lauren Harrogate and how they were both called multiple times from the same number, you guys took it upon yourselves to go <laughs> to Thomas Dengler's house. Yep. I don't know how your Domino's pizza thing didn't work out. You know, <laughs> my persuade skill, I was thinking, what could you do to improve his persuade skill? And I'm thinking my guy may have to take acting classes. Hey, uh, let's ask our uh, connection with the police. Uh, no, let's try this pizza thing. Pizza, <laughs> pizza scam. But I mean, like, you guys wanted to interview the helicopter pilot who's not part of the adventure bout. Yeah, and he was a little rude, but I, I can understand. Well, his name's Milton. <laughs> and then when you guys went and uh, were going through Dangler's journal, and you saw the stuff about Hank Tyler and you know the buddies and stuff like that, I had uh, originally thought that if you guys didn't get someplace that evening, that he would eventually die. He was supposed to be another character that died, and his co-pilot in the car would have been the person in the hospital bed and I, I explained to Sammy how you know when you guys would have been in the hospital room talking with him and trying to figure out what happened that this IAPA which was the winged servitor would have came in and you guys would have had this huge fight in this small room you know with this laid up young teenager in the yeah. bed and just would the monster have to wear a face mask <laughs> Uh, no, because they didn't have that kind of shutdown there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. That, this is uh, not present time. It's not present time. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you guys took it upon yourself to go to Hank Tyler's house, it's like, I just put the notes away at that point. We were like, <laughs> let's just do Trans this. Trans rolling yeah. up. <laughs> we just totally just... just Dude, I can totally picture that, too. This thing just dropping down on this, like, T-top Yeah, or like whatever. coming out of the dark, just, <laughs> just ripping then, the uh, ceiling out. And our it, poor friggin' uh, Cop contact guy, what was his name again? He's like Hansen. heroic, Hansen. and he goes insane. And yeah. I remember listening to the recording. I just started laughing at the poor guy. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, he went insane and all that shit. Oh, you gave him the hero's death there, Paulie. There, uh, or, or, yeah, man, that I was tried. good. Yeah, well, it, it fit the character. I was building upon what you had pioneered about the dusting of the, the pictures frames. You have brought that up many times now. You yeah. like that, huh? I did like that. Look at that. Look yeah. at that. Even the cold. Calculating uh, analyst <laughs> agent uh, mm -hmm. brings a speck of sentiment to his eye. Way to go, <laughs> Odesso. Pussy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you'll touch with your feelings. Stop touching your feelings. <laughs> well, the, like the final stand against this when you're going hand to hand Dude. with this thing and you're kicking it, and then you got flash Polly is yeah, flashbang. <laughs> you got Polly with the rifle snap, you know, that elephant gun in its head, and it was. Uh, even when you guys contacted Thornhill and you guys were deciding what you wanted to do, and she's like, well, I'll take you to the airport. And you're like, nah, I'm not doing that, you know? Because oh, yeah. who knows where you guys would have wound up. Yeah, and yeah. I never did get that coffee with her, so no, uh, you didn't. You know, we still have to There's always that, that up. an opportunity. <laughs> it's not lost. It's postponed. Yeah. Postponed. How soon does this event take place after our last one? That's a good question. So let's get right into it. Right on. Bring it. 
It's 10 a.m. on a Thursday. Place, Francis S. Gabreski Airport, about 100 miles east of Glenridge, Long Island. Pauly and Ichimaru, as you two sit waiting for your flight to return you to your homes, you could see on an overhead TV a news clip running. It shows a house engulfed in flames lighting up the early morning sky. Although there is no sound, the subtitles relay what the talking head is parroting. Tragedy strikes a quiet East Coast town as early this morning a fire consumed the home of the Denglers, longtime residents of Glenridge, Long Island. It's reported that the swift-moving flames went unchecked for several minutes until first responders arrived on scene. Unfortunately, all within perished as they were unable to flee the residents to safety. With a smile, the reporter adds, Arson is not suspected, but the fire marshal is still investigating. So you guys are currently in the airport prepping to leave the East Coast. And I need for you both to make an alertness check. I go insane. (laughs) (laughs) Make a sanity check. Uh, Yeah, I'm clueless. I'm at a 94. Uh, I'm at 66, which is above my uh, roll. I have a bad feeling we're going to repeat the last thing with the bad rolls. You know, we're still used to the D&D where you go in the high. A 94 would have been good. Yeah, (laughs) right? I'm going to charge up my dice. Go ahead, Brett. So a few minutes later, and you hear the call coming across for the, for the boarding of the plane that you guys are supposed to get aboard. They're talking about group one. You see people get up and go. You guys are obviously in the ass end of the plane. We didn't even get group so Nope. We're probably didn't. like in group yeah. two. Yeah. Group three. Group four. Group five, which is your group, and you guys rise up and you guys start making your way with your with your tickets. And as you approach the stand, you see these tall, thin young man with mascara on his cheeks reaches out for your ticket, Paulie. And as he swipes it, it goes red. No fly list. And he says, uh, <laughs> "Excuse me, uh, Mr. Odessa, would you mind stepping off to the side, please?" What seems to be the problem? I don't know, sir. I'm going to have to ask security to come up to the gate for just a moment. Uh, for some reason, you, you've you been flagged. I, I don't know why. You must have had four ounces of toothpaste in your carry-on, and you're only allowed three. Next, uh, please. Uh, here you go. Where, where, where should I stand? Well, sir, don't, don't be that <laughs> way. And he swipes yours, and it populates red. He's, this is so strange. And, oh, dear. And he, he gestures that you go stand next to your partner. My partner. Then he starts waving other people through, and they're showing up green and green and green. A few minutes later, a, uh, a security guard comes up, and he looks at the two of you, and he says, please come with me. And he starts walking you away from the gate that you're at. Uh, before that happens, do we still have our FBI credentials on us? Yes, you do. Then I would have liked to have asked that question beforehand to see if I can just bluff my way past this gate person to get on the plane using the FBI credentials. Hmm. I'll tell you what, we're going to roll off with a D20. <laughs> no, no. Oh, D20. By the Gotta way, roll the hard 20. You know what? Page 9 of the Player's Handbook actually says that D20s are used in this game. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. There we go. Finally. Now we can... Nine. Play. Seven. Six. Jeez. Nice. 
Okay, guess not. This, so, well, this time we were supposed to roll above. <laughs> ah. We rolled below. So we did. Normally, that would yeah. have been a hit. That would have been a good thing. See, you know, the. Well, at least now Ryder doesn't have to change his whole game that he's been planning for nope. the last two weeks. I'm going to rip the fucking page out of the notebook. So the security guard starts walking you back through the uh, through the airport, and as you guys start passing the gates, you know you got gate 22, 21, 20. He stops, and he gestures towards the men's room, and you see standing next to the to the men's room is a uh, an individual dressed in janitorial attire next to a mop bucket, but one look at his crew cut and stern jaw and steel <laughs> eyes. And you can tell this man is not a janitor. As he looks at the two of you, he grabs the barricade ribbon that seals it off and gestures for the two of you to enter the men's room. I had to go anyways. Yeah, we'll go. Sure. As you guys enter, he puts the ribbon back and grabs the mop and starts doing it again. Inside the restroom, it's quiet, cold, and vacant, except for one man. Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. (laughs) You see, he's washing his hands in a sink, his eyes looking in the mirror at your reflection, looking back at him. Takes a paper towel, dries his hands, throws it on the floor. (laughs) Turns around and looks at the two of you and says, I'm sorry for the loss of Agent Carson, but there's a reason he remained a friendly and not an active duty agent for the program. He was unstable and couldn't bear the weight of what we know, just like Detective Hansen, or so I've heard. Let me ask you this. Do you think you were chosen because you were good with a weapon, or because you can kick and punch, or because you were good with a keyboard? Well, it would have been nice if our skill sets was appreciated, but probably (laughs) not. No, not at all. You were chosen because you passed a psych evaluation, one which you didn't even know you had taken. You see, we can't have agents out in the field breaking down and shit in the bed when the shit we know is in the shadows comes out to play. That one sure put a test to us on this last round. Yeah. Yeah. But we also can't have agents who are incompetent. And I have to admit, after what happened with the bombing assignment and then the Hissler fuck-up... I wasn't quite sure what to expect with this <laughs> latest milk run. But... Milk run? You call that a milk run? I have to admit, the way you handled it, handled yourselves in Glen Ridge, I have to say I stand corrected, though. And it may not have been a milk run. And I don't know exactly what it was you saw out there. All I know is, word on the wire says, Anita Thornhill came out of there with something she didn't go in there with. Well, we ended up taking care of what needed to be taken care of, and that was the goal of this whole thing. Can you shed a little light on what it was you saw there? Uh, We shed a lot of light on this, uh, care of some flashbang grenades, uh, but this creature defies description that we faced. And what it did to its prey it's chosen, Uh, also could be described, but is uh, probably better to be spoken about not in the the men's bathroom, (laughs) somewhere in a more secure area. That man you passed that allowed you access to this restroom, this is the most secure room in this entire airport right now. (laughs) 
Nobody will get past him. Or my other men in here. <laughs> Sound off. And you hear from a couple of stalls, Spartans! <laughs> <laughs> Courtesy flush, sir. <laughs> well, Polly, you want to uh, give yeah. a little description? Basically, there was a archaeological find of significance. It didn't have anything to do with the actual find itself, the artifacts that were found, but it was more along the lines of what was discovered in there, a controlling mechanism in the form of a diadem that the original archaeologist had researched about and tried to translate. When he died, his grandson took it over and thought it was pretty cool to look at, but was unaware of its true power. And instead, when he decided to wear the diadem or, or metal or whatever it was, he began to manifest his thoughts in a bad way against what he turned was his enemies, high school kids that treated him badly, a girl that slighted him, the uh, librarian that decided to keep him over on detention. A dentist with a little bit too much pull. <laughs> yeah. So those people began to die when the creature he could summon through this medallion would take them, take their heads and their spines. Well, once we were able to figure out the connection, we took out the creature, we found all the... And, and we found and collected all the artifacts, the medallion, and all the reports that were surrounding the entire incident. That is, people talking about heads and spines being removed, bodies being dropped from a great height, and the reports and the physical, actual remains of the victims. We were able to recover all of it. We cleaned the area as well as we could uh, with thanks to the Ice Queen's help, you know, yeah. her then, and her agents. So you cleaned the area. So does that mean you two are responsible for the Dangler residence? That was not on our watch. No, nope, it wasn't on us. Mm. Thornhill appeared to try to recruit us toward her faction within Delta Green. Carter was a good guy. He was on one side, apparently, and she was on another and she offered to fly us back to where we needed to be, and we turned her down. Actually, a little bit refreshing to see you here, despite the uh, wonderful surroundings. Well, had she flown you back, we would not be having this conversation, and you would not get this gold doubloon tone. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Brother. Thank you. Well, you should know that uh, Hissler is responsible for the scientific advancements that the Nazis developed during World War II breakthroughs that we've already established that no country during that era should have ever had but it should put a smile on your face to know that his own device wrought his demise but on to business so here's the deal I need for the two of you to make a detour on your way home you can relax though it's in Cali and it <laughs> shouldn't require more than a day or two for you to wrap up have you ever heard of a town called Hellbend? Can't say I have. Well, it's in the middle of Death Valley National Park. No one knows why Hellbend was built there, and in fact, no one gave two shits either. But during the 1940s, it was once a vibrant town and home to nearly 3,500 souls. Hellbend in Death Valley was home to 3,500 people. Okay. <laughs> Back when a company called Hunt Electrodynamics ran the show. Basically, Hunt Electrodynamics ran everything from the schools, the town general store, the funeral parlor, and everything else that Andy and Opie would fucking need. The company provided everything, and the people liked it that way. Until one night in August of 1952, an explosion at the plant 
changed everything, killing 26 locals, including the founder of Hunt Electrodynamics, the elusive multimillionaire Arthur Hunt. In the wake of the destruction, the company fell under new ownership and headed to the East Coast. And without the newly Christianed Hunt Electronics, Hellbend dried up like the rest of Death Valley. Christened. Without the newly Christian, <laughs> christened. <laughs> Without the newly named Hunt Electronics, Hellbend dried up like the rest of Death Valley. Now, decades later, only 84 people call this crumbling little shithole Hellbend home. Actually, my mistake, 82 people. And it's those two dead individuals that are the reason why you're heading there now. Let's just say that these deaths have the same kind of overtones as those you just solved. Bodies mutilated and shredded, indiscriminate when it comes to male or female. So we need this wrapped up ASAP. I look down at my shirt as it's slowly a little small spot of blood showing. Yes, while I'm here, I think I need to change my bandages. I got a medic on site. That would help, because uh, out of character, I have seven hit points. <laughs> Thompson, you see one of the doors open. This chiseled dude comes out, ramrod straight. Sir, fix up Ichimaru. Thompson, can you wash your hands first, please? And flush the toilet. Come on. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he starts field dressing your wounds and stuff. Supplies and ammunition, new identities, any of that stuff coming forth? You'll be using your same FBI credentials. They got you this far. Continue using them. You're going to have a layover in L.A. From there, you're going to take a little puddle jumper to Furnace Creek. When you get there, you're going to hook up with one Sheriff Alfred Mann. You'll liaison with him, and he'll fill you in further and take you into Hellbend. If there's anything else you need, use the flip phone you got in your pocket. Understood. I've already deleted all the numbers out of it. Mine is the only one. As far as any rest you need, I suggest you take a couple of no-dos and start hitting the tarmac. We get a private charter? Yeah, it's called TWA. It's back there at gate 22. I made them <laughs> hold the plane for you two gentlemen. Got it. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of upset passengers on board. Ignore them. Well, I'm sure the uh, the gate check person will be very happy that our tickets go green on this one. You won't have to worry. He's been removed. <laughs> <laughs> he was given the eye to Ichimaru, man. He may have a fetish of some kind. I'm not sure. Fetish? I'm a man. He, he was wearing mascara on his cheeks. He basically Isn't turns his eye? back called to contouring. you and starts talking with Thompson. Ichimaru, you're already dressed up. He hands you, uh, you've been handed a clean shirt in a wrapper, basically to... Shit, abracadabra. Yeah. All right. He starts talking with his men, basically ignoring you for the duration that you're in the restroom. Okay, well, we'll use the restroom now, I believe, since it's gross in the airplane. And we'll head back to gate 22, was it? And, uh, yeah. As you guys pass through the door, you see the... The one individual that was holding the mop, he looks at the two of you and stops you and says, each of you should take one of these. It'll help give you a little bump. 
and he hands you each a packet with a pill each in it. Oh. All right. Okay. okay. I suggest you wait till you get on board, though. Okay. Are we uh, sans weapons? Yes. Okay. Still sans weapons. Okay. Even though I think we may have been able to fly with them with the FBI credentials. Uh, it's possible back then. Yeah. yeah. Back then, yeah. yeah. Well, I, luckily... Well, actually, I, it's, it's 2005, so I don't think so. Yeah. Well, 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 luckily, I keistered my, uh, my Tonto, so I'm good to go. <laughs> It's one big keister. <laughs> it's like a tongue piercing with this katana sticking through your throat. It's my man purse. You know? So you guys make your way to gate 22. You see a, an Asian woman there. Hello, I can help you. Takes your passes and, mm-hmm. oh, Agent Ichimaru, Agent Adesso, we have been waiting for you. And Sorry you. about the delay. Oh, it's all right. I'm not on the flight. <laughs> so you guys get on board the flight. We'll go right on in uh, each. Uh, what do you think about these pills? Well, I try to uh, abstain from any sort of illicit substances. Do you recognize what it is? Uh, maybe I do with my uh, street knowledge of mm-hmm. stuff. What would I be uh, rolling for on this? Criminology, be... maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Probably medicine. Me- medicine. Or pharmacy, pharmacy maybe? I got pharma- pharmacy. Far- I, have not- I have neither. Neither do I. But uh, there should be some sort of, uh, you know, since my guy was a, a criminal with uh, a gang having some sort of knowledge on stuff. Well, maybe I don't. Maybe I was a little bit too high up and not in the... Maybe I, forensics? I got a 41 in criminal criminology. Uh, forensics, I got a zero in forensics. I, uh, yeah, I don't have that either. Yeah, okay. Well, never mind. All right, so we're clueless. <laughs> well, you could do a, a human int. Okay, okay, and, and see uh, for human intelligence to see if this guy that handed you the, the capsules was on this straight up. Is that a intelligence roll? Uh, yeah, no? should be in the middle column. Yep, it's uh, under fifty, and I got a fifty-four, so I- I'm clueless. Boy, this is. Did you see it, brother? Kind of great. No, middle human. column. Uh, oh, it's, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't even looking at that area. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Human, and okay, under ten. All right. Yeah, missed that. Okay. 88. Critical fail. It's a great... Uh, oh, yeah. So what, what does that mean? Nothing. Oh, good. <laughs> Means I'm now right negative now. one on human <laughs> int. <laughs> yeah, you guys have oh, wait, no that's idea. Right. We failed it. We failed a couple things. Keep yeah. check. We have yeah. so we bring it. So. so you have no idea what these pills are. Just make a check in the box to the, to the right of it. All right. What else did we fail? Oh, awareness. Yeah, because we were completely awareness. Is it alertness? That's it. that's the correct one. Yeah. Yes, alertness. alertness. Got it. We failed that. So you guys get on board. Your seats are waiting for you. You see a lot of disgruntled people. You know, like, Let's go already. We're running behind. You know, you've only been gone like seven minutes, and these guys are already bitching about not taking off. Mm-hmm. Heads or tails, we take the pill. I, I don't leave my choices to fate. So let's roll a die. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, instead of the doubloon, how about the hard 20? 10 or better, we take it. 10 or under 10, we don't. Sure. Nine. What was your thing? Uh, under 10, we take it. Two. Two. <laughs> we're taking it. <laughs> I don't think our guy would be giving us anything that is... Yeah, I don't think so. Since either. we're going maybe after the mission, he yeah. would? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you guys so, pop your pills when you're... Yeah, laying yeah. down, and you immediately feel this warm sensation throughout your whole body. Mm-hmm. It takes like about two minutes to start kicking in. It's really fast, but you start to feel refreshed and just 
not not invigorated because you're exhausted, but it actually makes you feel better and you zonk out okay. and you're out for the entire flight. God bless guys, that man. You guys wake <laughs> up fully refreshed, full hit points. We're we're from going from East Coast to LA. Yeah. So it's like a five hour flight or six. Six? Uh okay. probably like that, yeah. Okay. So from there, you guys wake up and take your puddle jumper, fly it on into Furnace Creek. You exit the plane on the tarmac and are immediately assailed by the heat in this in this region. Furnace Creek's hot. Yeah. I'm just yeah, it's it's still <laughs> I can't even have <laughs> the odds, right? I can't wait to get to Hellbend. <laughs> well over hundred degrees, probably closer to like 115, 120. And you move through the small airport and you collect your gear, your baggage and whatnot, and you go to the rental car kiosk, get your rental car. And as you're walking towards your car, go ahead and make an alertness. Is it the same lady uh, as before? No. <laughs> didn't didn't he say we we're going to take a puddle jumper to another? We just did. You just oh, did. We just did. Yeah. Yeah. He, he Sorry. Blazed through that, and we landed in. Uh... Got it. Okay, sixty-five. Oh, made it. Still clueless. Alertness: forty-three out of fifty. So, Paulie, you're still shaking off the effects of what you took. You know, like, oh man, I feel like I just got a couple days of rest. Ichimaru, you're sharp as always, and you realize your bag feels heavier than mm-hmm. it did when you checked it. Okay, is it a place where we're we at now? Is it okay to kind of you're look in, a, in and in all a that? Or? Parking structure where they Alone, give out the. I mean. yeah, uh, there's people wandering around different aisles for their way. But easy to zip out. open a, yeah. a bag. Okay, yeah. so I check your bag. I think we have presents. So I'll open gotcha. it up. Gotcha. Do that. As you open them up, you see that you have the same. Weapons that you originally had. In fact, they're the identical ones that were originally issued to you back at uh, Gabreski Airport in Long Island. So you feel like you have some sense of of being able to sustain yourself if if it comes down to that. I'm sure it won't. Hellbend? (laughs) You know, like, no problem. So when you say the same weapons, just for clarifications, it's the same two Glock 17 9 millimeters, um, an AR with a scope, just an M4, <laughs> and do we have any extra flashbang grenades? No, you don't have flashbangs. In fact, you don't have any extra ammunition. You have the either. AR? Yeah. In your back? That was what, what, back, that's what we had. Okay. Well, wherever it came when it switched planes uh-huh. to the puddle jumper to follow you, Somebody must have messed with it at that point. Okay. So. Well, do the. Uh, it's basically like the clear and all that. And make sure everything seems to be in firing and in order. The, in the in the parking. <laughs> yeah, we'll give a couple rounds out. You know? Sure. No problem. No, but I just want to uh, check full clip, uh, all that kind of stuff. We're good. Full, uh, full magazine. Full magazine. If you fired off any rounds out of that magazine and you never replenished the rounds, oh, okay. you're still depleted by that many rounds. Hmm. The effects of the drugs are wearing on me. I don't remember what I had uh, fired. I'm not sure either. <laughs> I know that he shot a couple of times. You know what? AR, There's enough in there. Yeah. I think you probably fired like four times, but you had spare mags. Okay. Just like the, the AR. Yeah. You know, they, they broke the breach from the receiver and just basically put the two pieces in there. Gotcha. To make it smaller. And my Tonto is <clears throat> in there as well? Yep. Everything okay. in there. Great. Stuff that you would not have been able to check. Uh, flashlights are in there, boom mics, walkies. All right. Who's driving? 
Uh, don't you normally drive? Poly? I usually normally drive. Yeah, so Polly will drive. <laughs> I almost made a joke that would have been offensive. <laughs> so you pull out onto the uh, <laughs> main street of this sparse suburban town of Furnace Creek, and you get the sense of small community. And there's a sign as you actually pull out onto it, and this confirms this. Population 108. You see signs pointing in different directions to the Furnace Creek Ranch, to the small retiree resort with <laughs> tiny golf course. Burning steps. Yeah. <laughs> There's a community swimming pool with palm trees, the pleasant motel with vacancy available. Hmm. There's a large lot for housing recreational vehicles and a post office and a few shops and stores. And you see your destination, the Inyo County Sheriff's Office. This is where we're going to meet Sheriff Mann. All right. That's our contact, okay. Sheriff Alfred Mann, Kern County. Pull up to the Sheriff's Department. You can tell it's more of an annex. As you step out into the heat, uh, Tiny doesn't begin to describe this box of a building. <laughs> 40 feet to a side with two desks occupying the center and bars enclosing the back wall. You're greeted by a young man at one of the desks, Dark hair, clean cut, looks about 26 years old, and he rises to his full six foot one height. And he addresses the two of you and says, Afternoon, gentlemen, can I help you? This is uh, Special Agent Nichimura. I'm Special Agent Odesso. We were sent here to speak with Alfred Mann. Sheriff. Sheriff Alfred, Alfred Mann. Mann. Uh, oh, FBI. Uh, Sheriff Mann, he'll, he'll be, he just stepped out, he'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, I'm the, I'm the tep. I'm Deputy uh, Androsi. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't normally get... Uh, you flustered me. We don't see too many feds up this way. Nice to meet you, Deputy. Nice to meet you, Deputy. Uh, mind if I ask what this is about while we're waiting for the sheriff to return? It's a matter of national security. Oh, oh well, okay. Uh, you just let me know if there's anything <laughs> I can do. Can I get you something to drink? Water? You have any coffee? Yeah, I got some coffee. I'd love some, some coffee. Sure. Sure thing. Sure thing. Hey, so, did you want a coffee? Sure. All right. You do great with those coffees. <laughs> <laughs> I'll follow him there and just kind of start. You know, okay. Ahead. It's like off to the side. Yeah. There's a little refreshment bar of coffee, water cooler, mm -hmm. and whatnot. So as we're walking, you go, man, man, this is really hot here. I'm not used to this kind of weather. How hot does it get? Oh, sometimes it'll get up to 125 around here. It gets really hot. I, uh, but, uh, I would assume that you're used to it, but how can anyone be used to 125? Nobody gets used to this, sir. I'm, I'm sorry, a agent, sir? Yeah, uh, you can, you what, can what call, call me Ichi. Ichi? Ichi, yeah. Is My he scratchy? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's good to have a sense of humor in this line. Oh, of man, I love that cartoon back in the day. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it gets hot around here. A lot of people stay indoors, but... Uh, you know, there's not a lot to do. You don't really don't go outside till the sun goes down. Yeah, it's got to be tough. I bet the heat drives people crazy. Uh, by the way, I take my coffee black. Th uh, uh, Agent Odessa likes six sugars. Wow. Yeah. He oh. has a bit of a sweet tooth. No no problem, sir. Agent? Itchy. Sorry. Itchy. Yeah. Just pours it in there and starts stirring it a little. Okay. okay. As he's doing this, you hear the front door open and an older burly man in his 50s walks in and wipes the sweat from his brow. You see in one hand he's got a small uh, bag. Looks like it came from some kind of a sandwich shop. The star on his chest tells both of you who this individual is. And he looks at both of you and says, then he looks at his deputy and says, 
Lucas, what the hell's going on here? Can I help you, gentlemen? Sheriff man. Huh? Sheriff Alfred man. Sheriff Alfred Son. Man. I'll take the coffees from him and walk <laughs> over. Thank you, Lucas. Agent Odesso. Agent Nichimura. Agent? Sheriff. Agent to what? FBI. The, the FBI? And he just, his eyes start to, to sparkle and a big smile crumbs across his face. The FBI, well, we never get feds up this way. <laughs> and I, for one, am always happy to have you been here. Well, but what can I do for you? What, what are you doing here? We are investigating um, a couple of unusual deaths in your jurisdiction. Deaths that come with some grisly details. Um, would you like to talk about this alone, or is your deputy privy to the details, too? Oh, if you're talking about the three deaths that just happened here recently, yeah. Uh, Deputy Androsia found two of the bodies, but uh, gotcha. he's he's fully clued on in. Uh, I don't understand why the, the FBI finds the, the death so strange, though. I mean, they seem a little strange, but I, I find it hard to believe they warrant some kind of a federal investigation from you all. Well, at this stage, we're not exactly sure, but the manner in which the victims have been reported to have died resembles some other deaths in other parts of the country, and we're wondering whether or not these are linked. Most likely it's not, but we thought we would check out just to make sure. Make an uh, intelligence check. Okay. Roll under 50. Ah, I'm not the brightest one. Intelligence. I just, just, yeah. Under 90. What the fuck, dude? 40. Under 90? Yeah. He's got an 18 Check out that big brain on Paulie. Yeah. Shit. He's an intelligence Paulie, analyst. Paulie, you know as you're having this conversation that Death Valley is a national park. So any death would be purviewed mm-hmm. to federal jurisdiction. That's correct. Yeah. Tell him, I'll, I'll mention that to him. And of course, Sheriff, you're also aware that any death on a national park would also fall under the jurisdiction of the FBI. Yeah, but I, I, I don't understand why the three deaths would warrant you, but... That, that's okay. Um, We're not sure either, but we got a job to do. We appreciate any help that you can uh, give us, you know. You've probably already done all the hard work for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we definitely try, but, uh, you know, even three deaths is too many in a, a town this size right now. Uh, we know someone or something killed him, whether it was an industrial type of an accident like uh, Mr. Potter or maybe some crazy who went on a murder-suicide, but I, I think we kind of got it wrapped up by now. But uh, Maybe you can show us uh, you know, some of the, the files and then maybe walk us through it, because like we said, you, you've already done all the hard work and we're, we're trying to catch up with you. Well, any information I have is going to have to come from the coroner. He's, he's the one that's privy to all the, hmm. the bodies and the photos. I, I can walk you over there if you'd like. He's right across the street. Oh, don't bother. You have your, your lunch right now. Yeah. So why don't you, if you'd like, eat your lunch and maybe you can meet us after. Do you say it's right across the street? Yeah, but you better get over there pretty soon because uh, Abner, he likes to uh, end his days early and start his nights early, oh, if you know I, what I mean. I understand. I, I'll hand the coffee to Paulie and say, hey, you know, here's your, your coffee. I'll run over Thanks. there real quick. Paulie, as you're uh, you finish reaching up for your coffee, you feel your flip phone in your pocket begin to vibrate. Gotcha. I'll run, I'll run to the uh, coroner's while you get the call. Not a problem. I'll take the call outside as he's walking. Whip it out. Odessa. Uh, 
Agent Odesso. This is Special Agent Louis Makamura out of Sacramento. We have a mutual friend and I wanted to let you know, should you need it, I may be of assistance. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, how do I get in contact with you again? The number that showed up on your phone should be sufficient. <laughs> Excellent. I wanted to give you a heads up, though. There's an assistant special agent in charge, Kevin Slotten, who runs the Bakersfield Residency Agency. It would be wise to stay off his radar. So be cautious who you talk with and what you report. Thank you. I appreciate that most sincerely. So stay away from Scott. And anything else? The line goes dead. Okay. <laughs> Though I don't know because I'm not there. Gotcha. All right. As I catch up to each, I'll brief him on it saying we've got a friend on our side out in Sacramento headquarters for the FBI. What's guy his by the name? name of uh, Louis Nakamura. He warned us against the regional guy who's in charge of this jurisdiction, guy by the name of Kevin Slotten. He, uh, he asks him on untoward questions and maybe put his nose into this issue without truly understanding what he's getting himself into. Mm. No reason why we should avoid him, just... Right, He may, he's not obviously one of us. He's not on the inside. Okay. Ichimaru, as you're standing in front of the sheriff's pillbox of an office, you're looking across the street at a, at a few of the storefronts or business fronts, and you see there's like a CVS, there's a an old blockbuster and off to the right there looks like some kind of a uh, of a building that's more nondescript it's white blinds are drawn uh, you see that there's gold lettering on the front door but from where you are in the gleam of the sun on it it's difficult to make out what it says on the door okay I guess we walk over there right did you catch the coroner's name Polly yes his name is Abner as you guys make your way across the street, uh, looking both ways, of course, there's very, very little traffic. Maybe one car every minute and a half, another car going the opposite direction every minute and a half. Make an alertness check as you guys are crossing the street. 96. Good God. 69. I need some Miss. sleep. Miss. But that's also another miss that I can write down. Yes. Mm -hmm. So as you approach the door, you could see that as the reflection of the sun starts to change its angle, you can just make out that it says Inyo County Coroner, Dr. Abner White. Okay. Well, uh, does it appear to be open? Like we open? Did he already check out? No? We open the well, door? Well, the, the door is closed, but. Yeah, but that's what the blinds. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's unlocked. It's open. Okay. We'll, uh. Uh, just as an aside, <laughs> did Heisenberg tell us what we were supposed to do with this mission and then find out what's going on with these deaths? Similar. Are we supposed to clean the site and gather everything like we were I before? assume everything is that. Yeah. And I, then I assume thing. that we will fail on one or more things and he'll give us the a rash of shit like he always does, but again, he'll call us again. Yes, I was going to ask how long it's been. Like an ex-girlfriend on after. Bender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So you open the door, yeah. you hear the, the bell chime when you open it, ding, 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 and you hear from the back, mm -hmm. I'll be right out. Okay. Abner Ravenwood. A few moments later, you see the back door on the other side of the room open, 
and you see this old hunched man come through, balding with sparse patches of white strands adorning his liver-spotted dome. <laughs> he looks at the two of you. Okay, can I help you two gentlemen? Huh? What, can, what can I do for you? Dr. White, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Your work has made its way all the way to Quantico, Virginia. I am Agent Odessa, and this is Agent Nichimura of the FBI. We wanted to come in and ask you a couple questions about the bodies that you've examined, the three deaths quite recently in, in, the, in the park. We just uh, came from Sheriff Mann's office, and he said you were the one that we should talk to if we have any questions. Uh, well, uh, uh, can, can I see some ID? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He looks at your ID. Yeah. Feel free to, to uh, you know. We Roll a couple dice. Go sure. over to uh, sure. the sheriff's <laughs> office. <laughs> well, it looks very good. Well, gentlemen, um, what would you like to know? There's, there's three victims. Would we be able to see the bodies and perhaps any of your notes that you've taken on it? Because we're, we're trying to play catch up here. Sure. Let me uh, go in the back and I'll... I'll get some of the information and bring it out to you. Okay. And excellent. You see him go back to the door. Yeah, is there a reason why? Is there a reason why he won't let us go back and see the bodies? I just asked. Mm, we'll find out. All right. As you're waiting for him to return, the front door to the coroner's office opens, and you see Sheriff Mann standing there. Ah, how's it going? Did uh, is Abner still here? Yes, he is. So you know what? <laughs> I I wanted to check something real quick. I'm going to go outside. Uh, around the building and see if our friend is boot scooting boogieing. Okay. I'll talk to the sheriff. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> sheriff, man, we, we did speak with uh, Dr. White and he was very helpful. Showed him our credentials and uh, he says he's going to gather the information in the back. Although, I must ask why, it's a little curious at this point why he won't let us see the bodies. We're going to have to do our own cursory examination. Oh, you don't have this very old school. Yeah. <laughs> I love the face that, that I wish you guys listening could see Ryder's face. Or, or sorry, uh, your, D, your trusted handler, Brian. He's got this like tight mouth and he's talking like this. It's awesome. Go ahead. Sorry to ruin it. That's uh, Smoking the Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> Buford yeah. D. Justice. Justice. <laughs> Damn it, Junior. Um, it's like, well, he's, uh, he's very old school and uh, he takes his time, but. Uh, he gets around to things. You can't rush the old man. He's He's been around for a long time. Gotcha. Perhaps you could give me the best way to handle him, because we're going to need to take custody of those bodies and bring them back to FBI laboratory in Quantico. Patience. Of course. Son. Patience. Patience. <laughs> Each, as you're going around the building, mm -hmm. you go around and you see that nothing, Is nothing's there abnormal. There's a, there's a car say. back there and it's okay. parked. There's a back door. As you're doing that, Paulie, you and the sheriff witness... Uh, Dr. White coming back in through the door okay, again. He's got a, he's got three <laughs> envelopes in his hand. He says, "Was uh oh Alfred? Uh, how you doing? Doing well, Doctor. These uh these agents uh there were two, right? Yeah. Well, here here you go, Agent uh, Odesso. Yes. And he you. hands you three envelopes. They're eight by ten size. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. White, are these the original files? They are. Excellent. Would we be... Uh, we need to see the bodies. We absolutely need to see the bodies. As a matter of fact... I understand that, son. Mm -hmm. Slow down. Mm -hmm. All right. You... I understand... <laughs> I have no doubt you're a very experienced agent, but I need to preface you before you see what's back there. It... It shocked me as well. But, uh... 
I think if you look at the photos, you come to the same conclusion I did. And he, he actually hands you the first envelope, and on it, it's labeled Lucille Mayer. Now, I want you to know that uh, my staff, who are fairly competent, took these pictures. So, I can see that. This is quite... Uh, Polly opens the envelope, pulls out the full first picture, knowing full well that what he saw in the last one with head and spines removed and probably mandible. can't be as bad as this. <laughs> yeah, lower <laughs> mandible's gone. Probably not going to be as bad as this. So he pulls open the first picture. As you pull it out, you, you know, there's a, there's a stack of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just looking at these makes you balk. And I really? need you to make a sanity check. <laughs> okay. Woo! I'm thinking after what my guy went through, I figured he would be a little inured and hardened to this. You never become accustomed to the unnatural. Never come accustomed to the unnatural. It's just something that festers in your soul and gets worse by the day. Exposure. It's like a rot. 31. Yeah, I'm good. You do feel a little bit of bile, start to rise, come mm-hmm. back down. Ichimaru, as you come into the door, you see Polly looking at a few photos. You see Sheriff Manns there, and you see Dr. White there. Polly, you're looking at these photos, and you see this, uh, this body that's partially rammed under some kind of a, uh, a rock overhang out in the desert. <laughs> You could tell that definitely this, uh, you know, just portions of her skeleton are exposed. Portions of her extremities have been shredded off. And you could see on the cover of the envelope, it says uh, severe trauma on it. Can I do an alertness check and see Polly? See how Polly's doing? Sure. 65, okay. I, I wanted to see if I picked up on his thing, but I didn't, so sorry yeah. to interrupt. You can see that her rib cage has been shredded open. All of her intestines have been basically shredded out. And he looks at you and he says, and there's there's other pictures that all basically take take different. pictures of the body from the same direction or, or like different angles of it. Takes pictures of the rock overhang and you know where it was in uh, contrast crime to the desert. Photos. Yeah, just crime scene yeah. photos. And he says, as you're looking at it, I had to identify her by her teeth. Understood. This is quite unsettling, uh, but your people are very good. As I said, your work has made its way over to Quantico. We've seen the results of some of the autopsies you've done here. It's top-flight work. Well, she was um, an amateur photographer who liked to go out in the wilderness and, and take pictures and stuff, and uh, I attributed it to her, uh, some kind of a wild animal that possibly got hold of her. You know, we've got a lot of wild, stray dogs that live out here, and... How they survive is beyond me. The dismembered condition of the body, could that be contributed to scavengers? Certainly so. Some kind of a predator that lives out there. Did you determine the cause of death? Severe blunt and and cutting trauma, actually. To what part of the body? Well, the the body had been out there for quite some time, and uh, I couldn't tell you which wound she sustained first. Did it look like she fell? Well, oddly enough, it looked like maybe she got attacked, pack attacked, and tried to hide under the, the this outcropping here, and that was where they found her and took advantage of the situation. How long uh, do you deem the body to be uh, deceased? 
was it there for a while, exposed to the elements, therefore predators or scavengers could get at it, or was it fresh kill? Uh, she was probably out there for about a week and a half, almost Ooh. two weeks. Still got your lunch there, Agent? Yeah, I, I still have my lunch. I'm just trying to figure out if she... You said blunt force trauma, but that no, doesn't... No, blunt slash cutting trauma. Blunt and cutting trauma. Would that be consistent with an animal attack? It's possible. If she was being chased, she could have tripped a couple times, banged herself around, tripped on the rock shelf before she got under there. Did you notice any bite marks on the legs or claw marks or There's fangs? There's some shredded marks, but being out in the desert for almost two weeks, the skin gets really dry. You know, the animals, they have their way out there, not just the, the pack animals, but the insects. You know, quickest way is through the anus. It's the highway to heaven. Were the uh, other bodies uh, in similar, uh, similar state, similar he composition? Hands you each. He hands you the second envelope <laughs> that says Wayne Tissel on it. Okay. Um, I look at Polly. I go, uh, is it as bad as you look? Yeah. Yeah, it is, each. You never All get right. used to it. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll open it up. You see six photos pop out in your hand, and they reveal a torn-up body in the confines of a small trailer home. Uh, another three pictures show the destruction of the trailer's interior itself. And it looks as though nothing in this thing has been left undamaged. And as you're looking at the photos of this, this shredded up body, I need you to make that same sanity check. Fail. What do we roll, one to four uh, or something? We? <laughs> you take one point. All right. Sanity damage. I'll roll your damage. We take one point. <laughs> we. Go ahead and make a uh, search check as you're looking at these photos. Search is 20. And do I have to make another oh, sanity check? give me a zero. Oh, 21. <laughs> oh. Was that Paulie? Uh, do I have to make another sanity check to look at the same picture? No. No, at this point, you're still, like, in Bach mode. So are we, like, swapping files now? No, you guys have looked at each okay. at, at the files of each yeah. one. 65, I'm clueless as to what's there. Yeah, you're just looking at the, the complete and sheer destruction of the interior of this mobile home, this trailer home. Okay. And you could see that the body itself is, is just shredded and ripped up. Is it, like, in the bed, the shitter? It was found in the bedroom. <laughs> All over? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's... <laughs> The spatter effect is, uh, from the pictures, from what you can tell, not being there, but it looks as though uh, the blood has dried for quite some time. That's in there. Was the body... Was, okay, so was the body... I'm, I'm speaking to Dr. Wright here. Doctor, was the body also found uh, in the same amount of time, or is this one... This one looks a little bit fresher. Well, you know, uh, Wayne Tissel... He's like, I'll handle this here, Abner. Let, let me explain something about, uh, about Wayne Tissel. Wayne Tissel's what we call a peripheral resident. You see, uh, he's one of those drifters that found himself in Hellbend and just never left. So he uh, eventually settled in some kind of an old trailer that's a couple miles outside of Hellbend to the east. Somebody had lived in there for a while and then vacated it, and he just basically took it up as his own. How long ago was that? Has he been in there for a while? I mean, maybe this attack could have been... been there the... about four months, maybe. Okay. Well, I was going to say that maybe the attack would have been on the previous resident, but 
four months there, it seems like. He's been there for a while for someone to know. Yeah. Well, we ain't ever been in that trailer before, so it's... It's anybody's guess what happened to the previous tenant. Okay. You know, high school kids, they used to go out there and party in there all the time, smoke their pot, drink their hooch. Got it. <laughs> out of character, when you said they go there to potty, I was like, I didn't... It, Smoke the yeah. well, 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 no, potty. Like, take a shit. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I didn't get the uh, regional accent of Death Valley. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sherry. Uh, Dr. White, we're, it looks from these pictures that the, um, the body's similarly dismembered as victim number one, Ms. Mayer, but um, I don't see any mention in the records about where his intestines are. Oh, they were gone. Just like uh, any other pack animal, you know, when we, when we went out there, when I was called out there by Deputy Androsi and Sheriff Mann, uh, the door was already off the mobile home, hanging askew, and being that far away from all kinds of uh, the population of Hellbend, uh, he's basically out there all by himself. And that's where the pack animals, they'll hang out and they'll sniff around. They eat through garbage cans and stuff that are outside of the main population. So they had their own party. Basically, exactly. They, we attributed it to them coming on in there. We, we have a feeling that maybe Tissel may have uh, overdosed mm. and uh, just died in his bed. And eventually the animals just came into his mobile home and... Took care of business, ate it up. Uh, okay, but uh, Dr. White, this this thoroughness of this complete dismemberment doesn't appear to be the work of scavengers, or does it in your experience in this jurisdiction? Oh, you know, you get these wild dogs out here all the time, and uh, you know, wild animals, they, they'll eat anything. They'll take your head, they'll take your hand if you're out there long enough. Even if you shoo them away, if you don't get away long enough, they, they eventually just keep coming around. They become immune if they're in their pack mentality. So, so the largest predator you probably have around here is what? Coyotes, maybe wild dogs? Exactly. Lion. Yep. Cool. Uh, cougar, puma, bobcat. Not really so much mountain lions out here. This is mm. it's too hot for them out here. But, you know, stray wild dogs and, and coyotes out here, sure. You know, you, you think of these small little dogs that uh, it's not that big of a deal. Little mid-sized dogs. You get eight of them, ten of them, twelve of them on, uh, all over you. You know, it, it's all over if you're all by yourself. And especially if you passed out or already OD'd. So that's what we're attributing that death by overdose. And unfortunately, his body was subjected to the rigors of predators. So you don't see the two being connected? No, I sure don't. Not at all. All right, victim number third three. One, yeah. yeah, we'll open that one up. Who's victim number three? He hands you an envelope that says Clifford Potter. Alrighty, and what did Clifford Potter do before his demise? Well, it looked like uh, he was... Clifford Potter used to be a, an amateur treasure hunter going out there looking for shit out there at the old hunt factory and he'd occasionally take his metal detector out there and he uh, he rented a, a bobcat from uh, the gas and sip in the middle of town. 
And uh, looks like he fell out of the bobcat and got ran over by it. Pictures should show it, show you what I'm talking about. Let me take a look at the pictures. You look at these pictures and you see a body that's been basically torn to pieces. All, <laughs> all the pictures are from different angles. And uh, the last two are of the bobcat itself. You know, this light construction vehicle. And it's just covered in blood all over the side of it. And where was he found? Uh, he was found in a in an old culvert about a, almost a mile away from the hunt plant, from the ruins of it. You know, I, I couldn't readily determine how Potter died, nor could I come up with a motive to indicate any kind of foul play. Uh, the best I could do is rule it some kind of a bizarre accident. The way I saw it, isn't this right, Abner? Oh, yeah. <laughs> The, the way we saw it is, uh, Potter must have somehow lost control of the bobcat and fallen underneath it while it was still moving. The uh, the marks on his body didn't exactly uh, line up with that, but uh, it was a closer fit than anything else. You know, was some, it, uh, some deaths are just weird around here. Was the area that you found the bobcat like any treacherous terrain that he might have fallen out of uh, the car? Most people don't fall out of cars. You know? Well, uh, you know, he... He'd rent this, he rented the bobcat as an effort to go out there and try and dig up some of the old hunt plant, trying to find loose copper pipes or whatever, whatever else could be used for, for money. He was an old retiree. Uh, but, yeah, most people don't really uh, fall out unless they don't know how to use them. I mean, then again, if you put that bucket down and you try to dig something and it's immobile... The bobcat's probably gonna wheelie up on you or something. How far were the victims from each other? Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm looking for a pattern. You're talking about so, where they were found or where they yeah, lived? Where they were found, where their bodies were found in radius, where Mr. Were they uh, all, all Ms. over uh, Hell yeah. Bend or were they. Miss uh, Mayer was found in a rocky outcropping. Mr. Tizzle was found in his trailer out in the middle of wherever it was and Mr. Potter was found in a culvert. I'm just trying to try yeah, and Well, from where we stand it right here, Clifford Potter was found about two and a half miles north of Hellbend, near the old hunt plant. Lucille Mayer, she was found about two miles southeast of Hellbend, where the desert really starts to kick in. And as I mentioned before, Wayne Tissa was found almost two miles east of Hellband in his trailer. Yeah, we've uh, recently just been briefed about this. Can you tell me a little bit about the old hunt plant? I'm not familiar. Well, the uh, sure thing, I could do that for you. Next session. <laughs> <laughs> see on the door it says in your county <laughs> somebody step on a duck <laughs> thank you for joining us once again on roll the hard 20 podcast remember you can find us and subscribe to us on itunes google play stitcher spotify and iHeartRadio. and if you like what you're hearing please leave us that five-star review you could also contact the show directly at rollthehard20podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at rollthehard20podcast.com and be sure to check out the galleries. We got a lot of really interesting stuff posted there. 
And finally, join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast. There are ways for you to help out the show and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass full as you roll those hard 20s.